Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center answer your questions about swine health topics over coffee. My name is Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm hosting this podcast today, and with me today is Dr. Carriker. Well, hi. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Dr. Carriker. I'm the director of the Swine Medicine Education Center and a moral professor of swine medicine at Iowa State. Awesome. Thanks for being here. If this is your first time listening, wanted to give a quick overview on the podcast. We're a producer-focused podcast, and every episode answers a different question that's submitted to us by pork producers. So if you have a question you'd like featured, please send it to us via email at isusmec at iastate.edu. That's I-S-U-S-M-E-C at I-A-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. Please put SMEC podcast question in the title of your email to ensure that we receive it, and we'll get it on the podcast as soon as we can. So what we do is we review current resources related to the topic, including research papers, news articles, updates from meetings and conferences, boil down that information to answer your question, give you useful information to use in the barn. Most of the resources we refer to in the podcast can be found in the podcast notes associated with the podcast. If you have any trouble accessing, please email us at that isusmec at iastate.edu email address. So today's topic is the effect of health status on wean pig value or pricing. The question we got, what we're answering today, is how do common disease statuses affect what you should pay for a group of wean pigs? So this is a really tough one to answer. A PERS pig is not always a PERS pig. So what I mean by that is even within a strain of a disease, different groups of pigs can have vastly different clinical impact from that disease. I would love to be able to give you a chart that says if you have X disease, pay X dollars less than or more than market value in order to still break even, but that's just not possible. And I think it would really lead to some poor decision making and judgment because there's so many other variables at play. So this podcast will be a little different from our previous ones. Typically, we focus just on research publications and and conference proceedings, meetings that we attend. Uh, But this one will kind of start by discussing the changes in cost and revenue, focus on wean to finish sites from health status. Then we'll talk about a little bit of the published research regarding common diseases and how they impact costs. And then finally, we're going to point you to and discuss an egg decision maker tool that was produced by the Pig Survivability Project at Iowa State. And so this tool looks at changes due to improved mortality. So that'd be changes uh, in the net income for a group of pigs. But you can use it to kind of understand break-even pricing. With that, we'll kind of get into the overview of of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I think it's really, as you mentioned, very tough to establish exactly how health status changes ultimately affect the bottom line, right? And I think that's because there aren't very direct relationships sometimes or consistent relationships between disease and then changes in revenue or, or cost. And and in general, health status can change two broad categories, right? We can have increased mortality, which is um, probably the easier thing to deal with. We know what the cost of the loss of those animals um, means for the, for the business. But the changes in morbidity, which is really the disease or illness in the group, um, are a lot harder to quantify and, and a lot more variable. And that broad category includes things like changes in feed conversion and feed efficiency and growth rates and how long the animals are going to take to get to market, which ultimately affects um, cost as well. 
So we know that ultimately we're trying to get these animals into a market weight pigs at the end and with increased mortality we have fewer pigs to sell that's an easy calculation in most cases a tough prediction though um, but we're also going to have lighter pigs and we're going to have pigs that take longer to sell and that creates some significantly more complex problem when trying to estimate cost or value. There are some changes in things like the value of the manure, right? Um, maybe earlier or lighter mortality weights, I mean, there are fewer pigs in a barn generating less manure. These are things that really haven't been quantified, but you can see ultimately play into what the return is for pigs that might go through a disease process. Cost changes, you know, probably are going to be associated with the largest categories that they would for healthy pigs. So the largest costs are generally going to be associated with feed, probably changes in feed efficiency, the amount of feed that's consumed, how well the pigs convert that feed into game so that uh, feed efficiency becomes a big component. And when pigs die also changes their cost in terms of how that mortality impacts the finances of the group. So we know that late mortality is much more expensive, but it's very difficult to predict whether or not a disease outbreak is going to occur earlier or later, or if they're already infected, when the clinical impact of that disease is going to manifest. And, and if those mortalities occur earlier, you have less feed investment, obviously. If they occur later, then you have more feed investment at that point. Veterinary and, and health inputs obviously go up when pigs are sick. A lot of times these generally are early in the production phase simply because our treatment options are limited later in the production phase. And so treatment earlier is generally less expensive when we those antimicrobials by weight or provide supportive therapy. And so these costs generally are difficult to predict primarily because we don't know exactly what the pigs will need in supportive care or what antimicrobial treatment will be successful. And then obviously marketing costs, right? We have changes in transportation costs and potentially checkoff costs as we have increased mortality, but those certainly aren't going to offset the change that we would have in um, revenue because of the pigs that died along the way. And so, again, I think they're very difficult to bring all these components together and go a uh, pig that's PERS positive, for example, is worth $5 less than market value. We really don't know how that's going to manifest. And when you talk about PERS specifically, recognize that the fundamental way that PERS impacts pigs is by changing their immune system and their ability to fend off disease. And so we, we often don't know what types of secondaries will manifest in a weakened immune system. And so just one more layer of complexity. Yeah, and I think that's an important point too, because the health status at weaning doesn't always stay their health status through the, the feeding period. So we see a lot of lateral infections of, of some of these important pathogens as well, which kind of can be really hard to predict. So with that in mind, how can you use health or disease status to make decisions on what to pay for a group of weaned pigs? There's really three key things that you'll need to know or need to estimate for this. Um, you'll need to know your anticipated mortality percentage, your average time of mortality, and then changes in feed efficiency. And this can vary drastically by disease and by group. We really can't make blanket statements on these things for a certain pathogen. But what we'll do here is chat about a little bit of published literature on, on different health statuses and the impact on price or loss per head. So the first one that I brought, Dr. Kara Hayden presented at the 2012 ASV meeting, the swine veterinarian meeting, and discussed the economic impact of influenza, PERS virus, and mycoplasma hyaluronidase on finishing pigs in a large system. So what she did was looked at each pathogen individually, 
and then in combo. She didn't look at all three pathogens together, but she looked at sites that were individually affected with mycoplasma, PERS, or influenza, and then the combination of PERS and mycoplasma, PERS and influenza, and influenza and mycoplasma. So in the article, she summarized everything in a table. What I really wanted to focus on was the difference from baseline in loss uh, per head placed. So this is the increased loss on the pigs per head for the different pathogens and pathogen combinations. And kind of the key takeaway from this is that there was a drastic increase in the loss per head when there's more than one pathogen. So pigs that are infected with a combination of any of those three, and we could also include other diseases, tend to do more poorly than if they're just infected with a single pathogen. So the numbers kind of published in here range from a loss of 63 cents per head to a loss of 10 and a half dollars per head. These numbers may be dated because it was published in 2012, but I think the, the key thing is to kind of focus on that difference and also know that pigs that have more pathogen um, pressure are likely to do more poorly. Yeah, and so I think that's some really useful information, right? Because certainly PERS has its direct impacts and it varies some with strain in terms of severity of that impact. But what's almost more important is what are the other infections that the pigs might face with their um, weakened or compromised immune system? That may actually be a little more informative in terms of what to expect. And a lot of times those might be diseases that are currently um, risk factors for previous groups on the site. So there may be some historical information that's relevant to just your situation on other things that animals might be exposed to. So there was an article by Cornelius and, and, and other folks that was published in Translational Animal Science and looked at the impact of challenges on pig growth performance, carcass characteristics, and then net returns under commercial conditions. And, and they tracked 3,000 head grow finish farms and and characterized the three as low challenge, uh, moderate challenge, and high health challenge. And that was really based on the fact that although all three were PERS positive, they had significantly different clinical impacts due to a natural infection with influenza A virus. And so ultimately what you saw is that the mortality ranged through those barns from 3.3 to 19.9%, so pretty significant impacts. And then the morbidity range from 3.1 to 6.5. So a dramatic range there and really a reflection more of the co-infection that in some ways compounds the PERS problem than PERS status alone. And so, again, another illustration of why it's difficult to put a dollar value. But the increased health challenge reduced average daily gain by 8% and 14% relative to the lowest challenge um, resulted in mortality as high as 19.9%, as I mentioned, in losses of $9.49 to $25.32 per pig marketed. So again, underscores the potential magnitude of the economic impact of these mixed etiology concurrent diseases in pork production. The positive thing about that is that if you have good biosecurity and you have a good control of these other potential lateral infections or other disease exposures, then you might be very successful with a group of pigs that is PERS positive. So there may be ways for you to control the outcome or improve the outcome based on how you already manage other disease risks in your particular operation. Yeah, and I think using kind of some of your historical performance of your, your site and pigs that you've had is can be really useful to make these predictions of what do you think mortality is going to be or morbidity is going to be. 
So how can we kind of pull this all together to determine price that you can pay for a group of wean pigs? What we would suggest is starting with the USDA wean pig pricing. So weekly, the USDA publishes online prices for wean pigs. So use that as a starting point and then adjust accordingly based on how you think those pigs are going to perform. What we really want to point you to is this egg decision maker tool that's titled Assessing Economic Opportunity of Improving Mortality Rate in Wean to Finish Swine Production. This tool, it's an Excel spreadsheet. It's linked in the show notes and it models uh, what changes in mortality do to net income for a group. So it's designed to compare differences in mortality percentages, but you can also adjust other inputs such as price paid per wean pig. You can also adjust average weight of mortality, different things like that. So you can really use this tool to kind of dial in on what you might be able to pay for a group and still break even, or what you might be able to pay for a group and what your, your net income would be. Also linked in the show notes is a video tutorial that we created on this tool to kind of familiarize you with what it does um, and how you might be able to use it when you're thinking about purchasing a group of wean pigs. This walks through each section of the spreadsheet, how to interpret the outputs, uh, things like that. So that's kind of how we'd suggest approaching paying for a group of wean pigs and some resources you can use to help you better understand where you might break even. This was a really tough question. It was a good one for us to dig into, and hopefully some of the resources, the Ag Decision Maker, become useful. But it's very difficult to make pointed or focused predictions about the value of pigs relative to their potential disease status. And and I think a lot of that's because of the range of impacts, as we've illustrated here. And then also um, your own unique system or farm history plays a role in determining what that outcome is. And and fortunately, you may be able to use some of that information to narrow down the potential range and, and give you a little better footing for what they're worth. When you use that Ag Decision Maker tool, what you'll notice is it's probably easier to sort of work backwards. It's difficult to predict how much mortality we will have as a result of certain disease conditions, but you can use that decision maker to figure out how much you can tolerate. In other words, if you've never had a group despite PERS and other infections, that had a certain level of mortality, then, you know, you can accommodate that potential cost and still turn it around successfully. But so it might be more useful truly in setting limits on what's reasonable as in terms of expectations. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Carricker, for chatting through that with me today. If anyone listening has trouble accessing any of the information, Egg Decision Maker tool, the walkthrough of it, or any of the other resources we mentioned today, feel free to give us an email. Additionally, if you'd like your question to be featured on a podcast, also give us an email with SMEC podcast question as the title of the email. Please share and watch for our next episode. We'll discuss other current swine health topics and answer more of your questions. Hope you have a great day and week and thanks for tuning in. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm -hmm.